Hey, it's Holly, and welcome back to Sincerely You. So a little bit about where I've been. I actually went to a holistic doctor, and I basically got all my levels and hormones and all that good stuff tested. I discovered that my cortisol levels were extremely low, so I was diagnosed with something called adrenal fatigue. And there's actually kind of a debate in the medical community on whether or not that actually exists. But nonetheless, a lot of things are messed up inside my body. So I am doing the work to level them out. I'm taking supplements. I am trying to, you know, do better in my diet and with exercise and sleep, things like that. I have to avoid caffeine, alcohol, and a lot of sugar, which is really hard and To be honest, I'm not doing too great of a job right now, but I can't tell you guys how relieved I feel just to know that something is wrong because I've been feeling so off this past year and I forgot that you could even feel somewhat normal. I've been at this for a few weeks, so it wasn't until a couple days ago that I realized that I was feeling kind of good, like not extra good, but just normal. And I kind of got teary-eyed because I forgot that even existed. I've also been learning a lot about the brain and how much actually goes into taking care of it. There's the physical aspect, there's mental, of course, but then there's also all your levels and hormones and everything else that affects it. And diet is a huge thing that affects it. And actually, caffeine, alcohol, marijuana, all those things are really, really bad for your brain. And it just amazes me that nobody really knows this stuff. Like, no one thinks about the brain as something that needs to be taken care of just like our hearts do or our stomachs. I'm getting a lot of this new information from Dr. Daniel Amen. I follow him on Instagram. I think that's how you say his last name. I'm not sure. But he gives so much valuable information. And he's a psychiatrist. He does thousands upon thousands of brain scans he practices. So he's not just some like guru claiming random things. He's actually legit and he's a lot of good information. So follow him if you're into this stuff, which I think everybody should be because your brain is you and it matters. So yeah, that's basically just where my mind has been at for the past two weeks. But let's go ahead and get into today's topic. Emotional responsibility. So what is it? Emotional responsibility means that you take responsibility for your feelings when you are triggered by someone or something else. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with whatever triggered you. And it doesn't mean that whatever triggered you is okay. It just means that you take full responsibility for your own feelings and reactions. Now, the flip side of this, which is also just as important, is realizing that other people's emotions are not your responsibility. If you find yourself putting the responsibility on yourself to heal somebody else, or even to make sure that every little move you make doesn't trigger them, that's not okay. And just a little disclaimer, emotional responsibility is only an appropriate concept for when you're clearly letting things bother you that don't have to be bothering you. Now, if someone is bullying you, Or if you're going through emotional abuse or anything of that nature, emotional responsibility is not the answer. In those cases, 
you know, obviously you do need extra support and help because those things are directly affecting you and harming you. The conversation we're about to have is more about taking responsibility for, let's say, how a stranger's Instagram post made you feel versus blaming that Instagram post for your depression. I do think everyone deals with this in some form, including me. So there's a lot to unpack here, but it's really interesting. I'm excited. So let's get started. Dear Diary, I wish I could stop comparing myself to others. When friends do better in a class than me, I fall into a hole. When I'm in this hole, I believe everyone else is better than me, and therefore I am worthless. I start thinking about how I can put those people down, how I can offend them, how I can hurt them. But then I remember that those are my friends, and they want nothing but the best for me. Still, sometimes it's hard to understand that other people don't judge me as much as I judge myself. Sincerely, A. I felt like this was a perfect, somewhat simple entry just to start because actually I think we've all dealt with a situation like this before. And no, it's not always your friends doing better than you in class, but it's being jealous of other people's successes and letting that make you feel like crap. If you feel worthless because other people have found success, then that's all on you. And this is where emotional responsibility comes in. And it's not just about people's successes. It's about their beauty and their bodies and their hair and who they're dating. I mean, we get jealous of almost everything, especially when it's displayed out there for us on social media every single day, every single second. Let's just get one thing straight. Comparison is nobody else's problem but your own. Letting other people's successes or beauty negatively affect you is all on you because you are letting it. How is someone supposed to breathe or just live their lives if you're jealous of them and you're putting that responsibility on them to not make you feel bad? I have been getting fired up about this specific conversation because I've seen it a lot on Instagram and especially TikTok. I think we all have, and that's when someone literally gets angry because someone did not put a trigger warning on some everyday image or an everyday, honestly, like a person. I've seen a girl make a video and she's thin, she's skinny, and someone commented that they should have put a trigger warning because they were triggered for their eating disorder. Just because this girl was skinny, she wasn't making a video or anything about her weight or her body. She was just there. And I've been seeing that everywhere. It just rubs me the wrong way. It really does, especially since I've fully grasped this concept of emotional responsibility. I just can't stand to see it anymore. I've even been seeing it in the comments of people who are actually trying to do good in the world and spread really good messages. It's like Alexis Wren. She's one that is actually kind. She's actually a good person. And she is only trying to do good in the world. And people will still comment those things on her pictures just because she's thin. At that point, you're not going to be able to look at anybody ever. 
<laughs> if you need a trigger warning for someone just being themselves or just having their natural body, that is not someone else's problem. That is on you. Now, I'm not saying that's not important. That's obviously such an important thing to address. If you are constantly triggered or bothered by certain things, you need to dive into that and figure out why and address those things. So your friend's doing better than you in class or in life, honestly. If that is triggering you, if that really makes you mad and it really makes you want to hurt them, yeah, that's something you need to address. But it's not anybody else's problem but your own. If one of your good friends gets into an awesome relationship or if they land their dream job or if they do better than you in that class, instead of saying, that bothers me, ask the question, why am I bothered by that? Why am I affected? And then it's more of an internal reflection instead of putting your emotions on other people. This is so hard. I'm not going to pretend that it's easy, especially when you have things like politics and people spewing out their beliefs and people giving their opinions everywhere and they frustrate you and they make you mad or it's really easy for you to get jealous when you have social media and you see everybody's highlight reels all over the place but i will say for the most part you get to decide what you consume so if you have a friend that is always giving really nasty opinions and you don't want to be around it because it triggers you you can cut that person out of your life. Or if you go on social media and you follow people that make you feel bad about yourself, you can unfollow those people. But at the same time, you should explore why that affects you so much, especially because you're going to have things in your life that you can't just cut out and you can't just unfollow people and it's always going to be there. Awareness really is everything. Just try and become more aware of why things affect you and what affects you so that you can work on it. As soon as you start to become aware, you can start the healing process. So while I'm talking about being responsible for your own trauma and becoming aware of the things that affect you and working on them, I also want to say you are not responsible for other people's trauma, only for your own. And I think that's important to mention here because with this entry, what if you weren't the person being affected? What if you were the person getting the successes? and another person tried to tell you that you made them feel bad for succeeding. Yeah, that's not okay either. And it's not on you to make yourself smaller so that someone else can feel better. I've had friends despise me because they hated the fact that I had good things in my life. Because I wasn't as mature and I didn't really realize what was going on, I always worked so hard to make myself smaller or not bring attention to the good things that I had. And looking back, it just sounds so ridiculous. I put so much energy into not highlighting the things that I was happy about, or my successes, or the things that were just going really well in my life. I just never felt like I could highlight those things. If you relate at all, and you're still in that situation, I'm telling you, just leave. That person is never going to be rooting for you. They might pretend, but I think, you know, you can feel underneath that they're constantly hoping that you fall flat on your face so that they can feel better. It has nothing to do with you. They want to feel good. 
And that's where I believe those people really have a lot of issues that they need to work out. And yeah, you can try and help them. But if they aren't aware of it, it's going to be difficult for them to even address it and start getting better. But yeah, I think it's just important to mention that we all have our things. And I think I think we don't realize most of them, which is really, really bad. So maybe just look inside yourself. Just see if you're projecting any of your negative emotions on other people putting the blame on them because it's definitely important to not just to other people but for yourself you don't want to have to walk around with that all the time i mean wouldn't you rather work out why something is making you feel insecure instead of trying to live your entire life avoiding pictures like that or people like that or reading about something like this that's just no way to live and it's actually just impossible comparison is hard Don't get me wrong, it's so hard. It's automatic in almost every single one of us. But hopefully I provided you with another way to look at it and a way to start healing because we don't have to live our lives in comparison all the time. We can work on that and we can become better. All right, moving on to the next entry. Just warning you, this one is a little bit longer, but it is so good. You're going to want to hear it. Dear Diary, She was my friend. For years, I defended her behavior through the excuse of her mental health. I would always think, she has anger issues, but she's getting better. Or, she's just got social anxiety. I don't doubt that these were true. In fact, I don't believe I ever even knew half of what she was going through. But when you get stared down for greeting your friend in the morning, and ignored until she decides she wants your company, when you aren't allowed to develop other friendships that don't include her, When she ignores you and shuts you down and criticizes your every move, is it really so crazy to want to run away from that? I took it all like punches in the gut in the name of friendship and believing that it was all excused, that I could help her. She was a master manipulator. I never heard her admit to any mistakes or apologize for anything. She didn't just blame me, but she would convince me of it as well. It took me years to realize that her behavior wasn't normal or healthy and that I didn't have to go through it, that I shouldn't be scared of angering my friend. Things got darker for her. She posted stories on Instagram about not eating, pictures of the scars on her wrist. She started smoking and drinking alone every day. She would disappear, and no one in our friend group would hear a word, and suddenly she'd show up again. Of course, we asked and we showed that we cared. We tried to help her. But you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped. Guilt is always a big theme when I talk about her nowadays. What do you do when your friend is making you miserable, but you're afraid that if you leave, something will happen and it'll all be your fault? How can you live with that? How can you leave thinking that there's still a chance that you might help them? How do you know that you aren't overreacting? How can you blame her? She's sick. To make it long story short, I was the first one to try and leave her behind. The rest of my friends followed shortly after, some more successful than others. From what I heard, she went to a psychiatric institution and got help. I don't know how she's doing now. One of the things that has hurt me the most from all of this was when one of our mutual friends told me, over a year later, that it was fine that I wasn't strong enough to stay. The strongest thing I ever did was leave. For anyone who's in a toxic relationship of any kind involving mental health issues, 
you should be there for them, definitely. But if they're using their problems as an excuse for toxic, harmful, and abusive behavior, you owe them nothing. Leave and never turn back. You'll both be better for it. Sincerely, T. Alright, so that wasn't even the whole entry, but I just thought it was so good. I feel like so many people go through that. I have never had that happen to me specifically, but I've definitely known people who have threatened to hurt themselves if someone were to leave them. This is toxic behavior, okay? It's nothing but toxic. There was actually another entry just like this one, but I decided not to share it just because this one was so long. But the other one was about a girl who was in a relationship with a drug user, and he wasn't necessarily toxic. He didn't threaten her, but she felt responsible for his healing, and it was a lot for her to deal with. I get so many entries of people who are dating someone who has a lot of mental issues or who's a drug user or alcoholic or just really going through something. And even if they're not toxic or abusive or mean, they still have to lean on their partner for everything, like emotional stability, to feel safe. I mean, the list goes on. And whether or not they're toxic, I mean, these situations are incredibly hard. I don't want to skim over how difficult this situation is because it's not as easy as saying, oh, not your responsibility, see ya. You know, nobody can just do that because most people have hearts. (laughs) Something this submitter mentions is that she's afraid that if something were to happen to her friend, it would be her fault. But listen, if you're in any situation like this, it will never be your fault. No matter how much blame is put on you, no matter how much responsibility you feel, it is not your fault. The hardest part of these situations is obviously when people threaten to hurt themselves and you just don't want to risk it, so you stay. But everyone should know that even if someone were to harm themselves based on any circumstances, it's never just one person's fault. It's never anybody's fault because those who are suicidal or just really going through it, they are going through so much mentally, emotionally, physically. It never boils down to just one person being present in their lives or not. It's difficult and it's horrible and I would never wish the situation on anybody. But like the submitter said, the strongest thing she ever did was leave. And I know a lot of people need to hear this, so I'm just going to say it. Sometimes you aren't meant to heal people. Whether it's a significant other, a friend, sibling, it's okay to let them go. Because you are not their mother, you are not their therapist, you are not their doctor, Most importantly, you are not them. It was never your responsibility. And while it hurts to let them go, it's okay because you're not to blame. And sometimes the best thing you can do for them is to let them go and let them heal because maybe you're not the person to do that. If you are close to someone that is just really going through it, please know that their problems, their mental health, or their actions will never be your fault or responsibility. I know I've said it a million times, but I can't express this enough. You can try and help them, but it is not your responsibility. 
And like I said before, at some point you have to ask yourself if you're even able to help them. If they are treating you like garbage and making your own mental health worse, or if they aren't treating you like garbage and still making your mental health worse, you aren't capable of helping them. So yeah, sometimes it is actually just better to leave and let adults or people you trust know about their situation and then just let them try and heal on their own because sometimes that's what it takes. And sometimes people aren't even going through what they claim to go through. This is a whole different situation, but I know people who would lie about these things just to keep certain people in their lives or to get attention. And that's manipulation. Taking on all this blame, guilt, and shame from these situations just limits your ability to help others. It's okay to protect your mind and heart. After all, your emotions are your responsibility, so sometimes you do have to put your foot down and do that so that you are able to help the people that you can help. So obviously, that definitely took a turn to being a little bit more serious, but really quick, I just want to include that it's not always that serious. I think some of us have this type of thing or situation going on in our lives, but it doesn't look anything like this. I definitely have people in my life where I put their sadness or their problems on me and I carry that around and then I carry around guilt that I'm not able to help them. I don't know why. They're not mean. They're not toxic. They're not, you know, suicidal. Like they're not going through really hard things, but I still, I guess I just want people to be happy. So when someone's sad, the first thing I want to do is fix it. Or especially if someone's going through anxiety, I can't stand it. I just, like, my husband will sometimes be like, I'm a little bit anxious right now. And it bothers me to no end. I'm like, well, what do you need to do? Like, here, we can fix it. Like, I want to fix it. And he's like, no, like, it's it's fine. I just, like, can't stand it. Like, I, I want to do something about it. And if you're anything like me, you know this feeling. Like you just carry around the responsibility for how other people feel sometimes and it's for no apparent reason. I guess I just, I want people I love to be okay. But at the end of the day, sometimes I feel anxiety and I'm like, you know, it's whatever, it'll pass, you know? And I'm fine, but I just can't stand for other people to not be perfectly fine all the time. So that's something I'm working on. I'm trying not to let other people's emotional problems fall on me of course I still care I will always still care and I will always still try to help them but I'm trying not to let it burden me or weigh on me you know it's just not necessary I need to realize that other people got it they're doing just fine they're responsible for themselves and I'm responsible for myself and it can end there so I think it's time to move on to the next entry Dear Diary, we as humans tend to rely on others to give us validation. It's the validation we don't have in ourselves. If we don't feel happy or ugly or anything negative, we post a picture on Instagram, a cute selfie on Snapchat. We get dressed up to make a 15-second video on TikTok, just hoping that one person can make us feel good. That's what we want, to feel good about ourselves. We crave that feeling that people look at us and say the things we want to say to ourselves, but can't. These comments, this envy, these likes, make us feel like we're on top of the world for a few minutes. Then just like that, it's over. We feel the sadness all over again. We say to ourselves, I'll wait longer this time. 
Maybe if I comment on their post, they'll comment on mine. This sketched out plan we all make never can work out. It won't work out because it's not what happiness means. If we stop looking at our phones for a few days, the real happiness will show up. I guarantee it. Sincerely, G. So another facet to this emotional responsibility conversation is to not have to rely on other things to make us happy all the time. And sadly, I think we rely on other people and things for happiness way more than we realize. If we're bored for five seconds, we pull our phones out because we need our phones to feel okay. If we feel inadequate because we just saw a friend get into her dream school or land her dream job, then we gossip to feel okay. If we feel sad and down about our lives, we eat a lot of crappy food or drink the night away just to feel okay. And just like the submitter mentioned, we look for validation and security on social media every single day just to feel okay. This response is actually kind of ingrained into our lives, if you think about it. We go through something, we experience something bad, and then we blame other things for our emotions, never address them, and then we grab onto the next thing that is going to make us feel somewhat decent. A lot of people don't know how to rely on themselves to make themselves feel better. They don't know that they can even do that. When we bottle up so many negative emotions and suppress them and never learn how to address them, most of the time our negative emotions will come out of us in some sort of way. So whether or not we snap at people, become really mean, angry, aggravated, or it shows up in your work, in your schoolwork. I mean, it spews all over your life because what goes in must come out. And it's the same with emotions. This is the part of yourself that you have to have responsibility for. You can't continue to suppress things or numb the things you're feeling because it shows up in your life. It shows up in your relationships. And that's not fair to you. It's not fair to other people. And also, why would you want to live your life like that? Not too long ago, I was feeling really insecure for whatever reason. This was over a year ago. And every time I felt it flare up, like I was really, really in the dumps, like really feeling insecure, I would go on social media or I would get fast food. Like literally, I would get in my car and that was kind of my escape. What I learned to do this year is to actually address what's making me feel insecure and look at it and face it front on. So now it's not, oh, something triggered me and that's sad and I deserve a reward. (laughs) Now it's more of like, oh, that triggered me. That made me feel something negative. Why is that? You know, what happened in my childhood or what is that reminding me of that is making me feel all these negative things? So I'm able to be there for myself emotionally and I take responsibility for how I feel and I address it and I don't just run from it. When I first moved after I got married, I was going through a lot like depression, anxiety. My physical health was plummeting and I didn't know why. 
for a long time, I was just very irritable and God bless my husband because he was so patient with me. But for a lot of the time, I was just kind of in the dumps and trying to numb myself and distract myself. And I would get myself fast food or candy, or I'd have days where I would just sit in front of the TV and just binge a show because I felt like I just deserved that. And those days of rest were important, but I was doing it all the time and I was not taking responsibility for what was happening. I kind of expected someone else to step in and help me, but how could that happen if nobody knew what I was really going through? It wasn't until one day I just got fed up and I'm like, you know what? I can't live like this anymore. There's nothing my husband can do for me because it's my mind. He can't go inside my mind and look at what's going on. So I started going to doctors and I started reading books and I started neurocycling, which I told you guys about, just really diving into what I was feeling and my emotions and what those meant and what was triggering me and actually exploring what I was feeling, which I was not doing before. My life was not going well <laughs> and I also just felt off. I told you guys this, but I felt off for the longest time. I was very irritable. I was not that enjoyable to be around and I also just physically felt awful. And it wasn't until I took responsibility for my well-being, I took the steps, I took action, and I started the healing process. Let me clarify, I had help. My husband, my family was there for me, but they could not do the things that I needed to do for myself. These past few months, I've just, I really developed emotional and mental standards for myself because now I don't take anything less than a healthy mind in a healthy body. As soon as something feels off, I'm like, nope, gotta journal that. I gotta work through that. There's no way I'm just letting this slide. My mental standards are so high right now. It's kind of insane, but I'm holding myself accountable to be able to show up for myself and for the people around me. I don't want anyone's life to be a constant cycle of getting really quick pieces of validation like the submitter was talking about. I don't want your life to be all about numbing yourself or distracting yourself from the things that are really affecting you. I personally want to be able to see something on Instagram that makes me feel insecure, and instead of looking for the bad, ugly thing about that person or trying to numb myself in some way, I want to address that feeling, and I want to work it out. You know, why does this specific picture make me feel insecure? Is it because I have a deep belief that I'm not worth anything if I don't look like that? Am I afraid of judgment if I don't look like that? No matter what the belief is, it's my belief. So I have to work it out. And people can help me work it out, but at the end of the day, I have to work it out. Emotional responsibility just really changed my life. So I am just telling you, work on it piece by piece. It's a process but holy crap, it changes your entire mindset. I stopped carrying the guilt of other people's pain. I stopped blaming other people for my own. And I built up mental standards for myself. And now it's just me constantly trying to live up to them. But the bar is a lot higher than it used to be, let me tell you. Over a year ago, someone could have tapped me on the shoulder and I would have fallen over because I was so 
mentally and emotionally weak. Now I can feel it. I stand so much stronger and it takes a lot more to tear me down now. And this is all because I started asking the why questions to myself. Like, why am I bothered by this person specifically? Why does this affect me more than others? When's the first time I felt affected by something like this? You know, the list goes on. Once you start diving into the whys, you start understanding yourself more. And when you understand yourself, you can understand your responses, your emotions, and it's a lot easier to bring yourself back to earth and pick out the lies you've been telling yourself and acknowledge the things that you still have to work on. Everything becomes a lot more clear and it creates a lot of patience and understanding with yourself, which is something a lot of people struggle with. Another plus to this, I mean, they're endless, trust me, but it also helps create healthy boundaries. So for me, I know that if I look at my phone too much, it gives me anxiety. It makes me insecure. It's just not good for me. So I'm working on not doing that. It's a healthy adjustment I can make for myself instead of trying to make everyone else on the internet change their content for me. So take responsibility for yourself and let other people take responsibility for themselves. This will change your life and I actually think it changes the lives around you because it affects all your relationships for the better. You're able to show up for people better. You're able to help them a lot easier. And actually having the boundaries within relationships actually improves them most of the time. If they're healthy boundaries, it really does. So on to today's episode's question. If you aren't familiar with this new segment, I'm basically having my followers ask me a question regarding the episode's topic and I will just freely answer it. This question is so good, I was speechless when I read it, so I had to include it. Does someone's childhood give someone a reason to be an abusive parent or partner? Such a good question regarding this topic. My answer is not going to be anything amazing. I mean, this whole episode is just my opinion, to be honest, but I think while it doesn't give them an excuse, it gives them a reason. The thing is, a reason isn't an excuse, and a reason doesn't make it okay. A reason also doesn't fix anything. I think what it helps with is your understanding of why they might be acting that way, and it helps you realize that it's not just about you, it's really about what they have been through and their own personal trauma which I think is really helpful and important to know. But it's still not an excuse. You have every right to distance yourself from them if you can. I know with a parent, it's especially hard. But if you have the awareness of, okay, they're not supposed to be treating me like this. They are treating me like this because they have their own trauma that they're not taking responsibility for. As soon as I'm able to leave, I'm going to have some sort of distance between us because that is best for the both of us. And of course, you can try and help them, but if they reject your help time and time again, sometimes you have to accept the fact that you won't be the one playing a part in their healing. And sadly, some people never heal. Some people aren't able to gather that awareness or accept the help that they need or accept the fact that they even need help. I think that's a really big one. You know, especially if you're dating someone who's abusive, 
again, there's a reason, but it will never be an excuse. And I think it's always best to not be in those relationships, especially if they're not accepting help or even trying to get better. And even if they are trying to get better and they're still hurting you and they're still abusive, you can't be in that relationship because it's not helping the either of you. So hopefully that answers the question. Honestly, I think the solution for the most part is distance. It's not a fun answer, but I think it's the right one. I think distance is always healthy when you're unable to do anything about their situation. And if they aren't attempting to help themselves, distance. So now for the ending quote, and I am really excited about this one because it is by Billie Eilish. It's actually a track from her new album, and it's titled Not My Responsibility, which is very fitting. Begin quote, we make assumptions about people based on their size. We decide who they are. We decide what they're worth. If I wear more, if I wear less, who decides what that makes me? What that means? Is my value based only on your perception? Or is your opinion of me not my responsibility? End quote. So obviously that's about her body and what she wears. But it actually adds a whole other facet to this conversation, and I'm just going to go over it really quick. I think it's so important. Basically, you are not responsible for what other people think of you. You can try your whole life to control other people's opinions of you, but at the end of the day, you can't. It's just not possible. You could be perfect in the eyes of a lot of people, but someone still has the freedom to think that you're unattractive or your personality sucks or whatever. And Billy said it perfectly, people's opinion of you is not your responsibility. So do what you got to do. Let other people waste their time and energy thinking about you. You're not going to waste your time and energy thinking about <laughs> what they think of you. I got to tell you, life is way too short to be bothered by something that you absolutely can't control. While it hurts sometimes that other people can think whatever they want about you, you don't have to let that eat at you. You do have the power to change your response and your reaction and how you view that. Just don't give negative emotions or energy the attention. You get to control what you focus on and what you focus on grows. What you think about grows. So if you're going to think about someone's negative opinion of you over and over, that's on you because you are growing that negative thought and you don't have to. You don't have to do that. You can let it go and you can be free from it. And while it's hard to not focus on it, it's possible. So follow me on Instagram at SincerelyYouPodcast and go to SincerelyYouPodcast.com to submit. Subscribe, leave a review and rating, you know the drill. Thanks so much for being here and don't forget to protect your own mind and heart because you can't fill up anybody else's cup if yours is empty. Sincerely, Holly.